Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left. It is Sunday night, August 7th, 2022, and this is the episode with the long-awaited Player of the Month Awards for July. I'm going to be giving an award to the best performer at each position from each league for the month of July, and there'll be a lot of rationalization for some of these. So stick around for all this in-depth analysis. It's going to be a good one tonight. Thank you for tuning in tonight uh, on the Sunday night. Sorry if my voice sounds a little hoarse. At least I feel a little hoarse. I don't know how if it sounds that bad. But I was actually at the Twins game today, and I was uh, booing my lungs out because of uh, we lost the game on a very questionable blocking the plate call, which would have not kept the game tied, but it didn't. The Blue Jays wound up winning because of that. It wasn't good. But um, yeah, so apologies if my voice sounds a little off, but I'm going to power through this. I want to get this done before the work week starts. I don't want, I wanted to get this out this weekend. Uh, once again, for the third installment of the Player of the Month Awards. So if you're a longtime listener, you've heard the first two episodes, you know how this goes. I just rate the best players from each position for the month of the previous month, July in this case, each in each league. So there'll be one representative every position in both the AL and the NL, including starters and uh, one starter and one reliever. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start with the AL, as I guess usual. But um, we're going to start with the first baseman, and that, my friends, was Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu had another very solid month. He's had a very solid year all year. He's constantly been in the running for first base of the month, and this is the first time I believe I've ever given him the honor. I sound super self-important. I'm giving people, the players, honors. I'm a podcaster who has very little exposure, and the play, I guarantee none of these guys care whether or not I think they're the player of the month, but it's a, it's a fun exercise, so we're doing it regardless. So um, Abreu this month for the White Sox, he hit a 350 with a 923 OPS and a 164 WRC plus. I believe that it just he differentiates himself slightly over some contenders like DJ LeMahieu. Now LeMahieu actually finished with a better um, on base percentage, or yeah, better on base, better slug. No, very better slugging, but LeMahieu had the overall slightly better OPS at 951. Um, but Abreu also had the better batting average and. Um, LeMahieu has, uh, the head in some, uh, some, uh, um, advanced stats. The thing is, LeMahieu kind of plays all over the place, so it's really hard to peg him as a first baseman. Overall, he did spend most of the games they played at first base by a slight margin because he split between so many positions. He really didn't have a lot of overall performance at first base. But yeah, I just felt like I had to give it to Abreu because, um, given the, um, he has more extra base hits in the month than LeMahieu does. He has eight doubles and three home runs along with 14 RBIs, which is more than LeMahieu's 11 RBIs and only six extra base hits. Um, And yeah, he edged out uh, Vladdy Grail. Vladdy Grail had more extra base hits and more RBIs, but the same amount of home runs. But uh, he did edge out Guerrero in metrics like OPS and uh, things like that by quite a, a decent margin, about 26 points in OPS and... 17 points better on the uh, 
or no, excuse me, 13 points better on the uh, WRC plus scale. So I think I wanted to acknowledge Abreu's solid performance this year, so he gets the first base nod. Second base for the American League, this was pretty easy. There weren't really a ton of standout performers, but uh, Jose Altuve had himself a nice month. He had 295 with an 872 OPS and a 151 uh, WRC+. So a pretty solid month from uh, Altuve here. Um, no one else at the second base front really had a great, like, extremely awe-inspiring month. You could have made the case for Glaber, um, but he's also a DH a lot of the time. But uh, Altuve... Where's Altuve's number? There we go. Um, so Altuve had more home runs than him, and they both had 10 extra base hits. But yeah, I said he with Altuve because he overall had better numbers, especially in terms of OPS and things like on-base percentage. He does get on-base more than Torres does. He doesn't strike out as much. Um, third base. There are a lot of great third basemen in the AL this year. However, one guy really stood out above the rest, and that was Matt Chapman. Chapman had an absolutely incredible month of July after a kind of slow offensive start to the year. The defense has always been there. We've always known he can pick it at third. But he was fourth in the American League with a 1.095 OPS, a 325 batting average, and a 699 slugging, which is good for fourth in the American League as well. His WRC plus was an even 200. He was just mashing the cover off the ball. He hit nine home runs and drove in 22 runs. Uh, nine home runs is tied for second in the American League, and the 22 RBIs is third. So, yeah, really solid month from Chapman. He stands out. I mean, guys like Jose Ramirez and uh, Jose Miranda and Yandy Diaz all had great, and Ramon Urias. Man, there's a lot of good third basemen out there, but Chapman has most of them be in average or in the power department, so he gave them the best of both worlds. He was getting on base a ton, and he was absolutely demolishing the ball, so had to give it to him. Shortstop for the American League was pretty easy. Uh, the only shortstop that really stood out with an amazing, really good month was um, was uh, Corey Seager. Seager hit um, eight home runs and 19 RBIs in the month of July with a 318 batting average, as well as uh, 1.041 OPS, which is fourth or fifth in the American League this uh, in that past month, and a 185 WRC+. Plus. I mean... Uh, you could, I mean, when you look at it, maybe someone like, uh, honestly, yeah, there really were not a lot of shortstops that really stood out. I mean, you could talk about maybe like Andres Jimenez, but just wasn't quite the same month for him as we've seen in the past. So yeah, pretty easy to give this to, um, to Seager. Again, the Chapman thing was hard because I was, I felt bad ignoring so many good players, but he just had such a great month with Seager. He had a great month, and there really was no one else that was that close to him. Uh, left field. This is going to be an interesting one, and I no, was not expecting at all to have this player win this win one of these spots, much less of this position. But it's the Houston Astros' new secret weapon, Edledmus Diaz. Diaz this uh, past month had a 311 batting average with a 1.027 OPS and a 191 WRC+. Really solid. Um, you could definitely make a case for Harold Ramirez to be in this role. Ramirez has a month kind of cut short by injuries. He had 17 less play appearances than Diaz. And the bang average was way higher, but the slugging for Diaz was way higher. And overall, the OPS, Ramirez has a 1.013, which is also really good, but just slightly below Diaz. Um, and Diaz provided a lot more power than uh, 
than uh, Ramirez did. Diaz hit six home runs and drove in 11 runs, and he had 13 total extra base hits, whereas while Ramirez was hitting 400, he only had eight total extra base hits, including one home run. So I think given that, that Diaz didn't have quite the same power or batting average and on-base number, the power was so much better, and it just made him overall the slightly better player. So yeah, I'm going to give this to Ledmus Diaz. I think he had a really solid month. He, again, great average. He matches up at better against guys like Ramirez and Bantendi who didn't have a lot of power production and maybe some other guys out there like Anthony Santander who had great power but not as great of a month in terms of uh in terms of batting average or on base numbers and things like that center field uh pretty obvious Aaron Judge has become the Yankees full-time center fielder at this point and there's no way you could not give him the honor for this month, he had 13 home runs, most in all of baseball in the month. 32 RBIs, which is crazy. 333 batting average and a 1.253 OPS and a 248 WRC+. Those numbers, while both insane, are only the second highest numbers in the American League. Because his teammate is outperforming him he's outperforming even those numbers and that in right field is matt carpenter given uh stan's injury matt carpenter has become the yankees everyday right fielder at this point in the season so given his monster month it was pretty easy to cement him into right field as his position and he blew all the competition out of the water not saying that there wasn't competition i mean josh naylor put up a good month um Santander, you could consider him a left fielder or a right fielder, really, but you have to give it to Carpenter. Uh, American League leading 1.269 OPS and a 254 WRC+. 822 slugging, which also leads the whole American League. Um, second best on base percentage at 447, behind only his teammate Deji LeMayhew. And uh, 356 bang average, third best in all of um, the American League and as well as nine home runs to go with that, and 23 RBIs, both good for second in the American League. Just his resurgence, revival, whatever you want to call it, has been absolutely incredible to watch this uh, this season. Um, and it's just amazing how the Yankees were able to see that they still had something, not just something left in the tank, this much left in the tank, because he's been such a plus for them, especially given the underperformance of Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. Carpenters made that problem seem way... He's really softened the blow of that those two and their struggles. Um, and now for catcher, this one was also fairly uh, fairly clear. Um, Eric Haas put up a really good month, so wanted to mention him. However, um, you know there was really one catcher that really stood out as expected. One of the better catchers in all of the game, Sean Murphy. Murphy, while playing great defense behind the plate, had a 157 WRC plus a 905 OPS. Uh, 529 slugging and a 299 batting average, so all really solid numbers. He's getting it done with the bat. His bat was starting off a little cool this uh, this season, but he seems to have finally uh, figured it out. Well, with a 299 batting average, he has 12 total extra base hits, eight doubles, four home runs, and 11 RBIs. Um, great month and otherwise kind of disastrous month for the Oakland A's, given all the trades they made. Murphy was rumor in lots of trade rumors, but he never he wound up staying put. Um, D on DH, 
Um, last month, I believe this guy won the left field award, but now he is in the DH spot given some injury troubles he's had. He has now been, at least for July, he was regulated to DH um, duties, but that is Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez, he played in 19 games in the month, so I think using uh, baseball, or Fangraphs, sorry, Fangraphs uh, playing time filter, he still fit the criteria. So that's kind of my guiding metric here. So I'm going to give it to him. 19 games, really solid month. He hit seven home runs and only 81 plate appearances. So very solid. And total, he had 13 RBI or 13 extra base hits and 14 RBIs. So in his brief, uh, even in his brief uh, ish month, he missed out on about eight games. You could say he still um, still looked really good. And he put up a lot of great counting stats, two A6 bang average. Not the highest batting average, but that uh, slugging of 714 and the on-base percentage of 432 brings that OPS up to 1.146, third best in all the American League, and a 210 WRC plus doesn't look too shabby either. So yeah, uh, Jordan is continues to mash when he's on the field, and it's uh, it's fun to watch. Um, he's really been a huge boost for Houston's offense this year. I think we're moving on at a pretty good pace. Um, We'll move to pitcher. Um, last month, I rationalized in circles about why Dylan Cease was not actually the best pitcher in uh, the month of June. But in July, he went out there and had another amazing month. His ERA is below one once again. So there was no way that even looking at his high-ish walk rate and whip, you can't look at him and say that he's not the best starting pitcher for the month of July. So... Cease uh, kind of proved me wrong here, and he definitely has earned his spot on this list for the month of uh, for the month of July. Since the start of June, over, over a span of ten starts, so plenty of sample size, Dylan Cease has given up only four earned runs. Oh, excuse me, eleven starts. He's given up four earned, earned runs in eleven starts, which is sixty three innings of work for a .57 ERA. Even though his FIP is a two point five seven, I mean he that's still incredible. He's uh absolutely blowing away hitters and for the month of uh just for the month of uh july 0.76 era 40 strikeouts uh 188 opponent batting average he did this all over the span of 35 innings so not necessarily the highest k per nine at 10.1 but really solid uh whip of 1.04 overall which is pretty good um so yeah cc just continues to get done and he's been really great for the white Sox and in a rotation that desperately needs any help it can get the uh sad part is that sometimes his offense hasn't been able to support him as in the case with his uh two to one loss against detroit but yeah for the most part he's been giving the white Sox a win every time he comes out so dylan cease has definitely earned his uh earned that this month and now moving on to relief pitching um relief pitching i realize is a little harder than sometimes just picking the pitcher who didn't give up any earned runs because uh ryan presley even though his era was 1.08 he gave up a couple runs he had a really really solid month however i'm gonna stick to my script and because uh this guy did so he didn't allow any runs which is then the end of the day reliever's job to not allow any runs to keep the score the exact same as when he came in i've got to go with uh sam mole or mall Mole, I think it is, from Oakland. So over 11 games, he did not give up a single run. 
earned or unearned. He only struck out six batters in the span of um, oh, um, in the span of about 10, 11 innings. His uh, whip was a .36, which is microscopic. Um, wasn't, you know, it doesn't blow people away with his strikeouts, but he doesn't walk anyone either. And he did not give up a lot of hits. Um, yeah, really solid um, arm for the Oakland A's. And the A's, given all their struggles, their bullpen does not seem to be that much of a weakness. They have some good arms in there between him and Acevedo and some other guys. So, yeah. Also interesting looking at the American thing, there's not really a lot of um, team diversity. There's two White Sox. There's three Astros. There's only one Blue Jay. There's one Ranger. There's two Yankees. And there's two A's. So a lot, a lot of pairs here, I guess. All right, let's keep moving to the National League. Now um, we've got... For uh, leading off for the uh, National League, we've got uh, Freddie Freeman as the first baseman for best first baseman in all of the National League, and this makes a lot of sense. In uh, in my opinion, Freddie Freeman an absolutely amazing month of uh, July. He had a three eight eight batting average, a six eight four slugging, four forty seven on base percentage, and a one point one three one OPS. Good for second best in the National League. He hit six home runs, drove in 19 runs, had 11 doubles, all really solid. Yeah, uh, for once, it's not Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, bested him in this past month. Very solid stretch for him as the Dodgers continue to get hotter and hotter. Speaking of which, we've got another Dodger as our second baseman. We've got Gavin Lux. Now, Gavin Lux had a pretty um, pretty interesting month. He... Uh, only had two home runs, but he did have four doubles and three triples as well. So that brings his extra base hit total up to nine, which I think gives him the slight push over some guys like uh, maybe uh, Brendan Rogers, who may- had maybe better power numbers. But uh, overall, uh, Lux is getting it done with his speed, too, as evidenced by the triples. I mean, you can't argue with the 320 batting average. That is pretty solid. And... Uh, to go along with that, he had a 151, no wait, sorry, 166 WRC plus and a 416 on base percentage. So, you know, he's getting the job done for the Dodgers at second base. Um, just really stood out from the rest of the competition, in my opinion. Um, third base, again, there's lots of really good third basemen in the National League this month. So it was easy to pick this guy, but it also stunk leaving so many other great guys off of this list, especially. Um, so Alec Bohm did not make the cut. He led the National League with a th- 434 batting average. Holy crap, that is really good. And a 1.088 OPS. And you may be wondering, okay, who's who's doing better than Bohm then? It's uh it's Austin Riley, a division rival of his from Atlanta. Riley who got the bag at the trade deadline, he got a 10-year extension with Atlanta worth well over 20 million per year on average. So he's going to be a brave for a long long time. And given his monster month of July, you got the Braves. I mean, there's no reason not to keep him around. He hit 423, so slightly below Bohm. 459 on base percentage, slightly above Bohm. Then 885 slugging, which completely blows Bohm out of the water. So there really was no way to 
justify anyone else but Riley. A 1.344 OPS and a 267 WRC+. Plus. So even better than the Judge and Carpenter video game numbers. I mean, this guy was completely off the wall. He had 15 doubles and 11 home runs in July. Austin Riley takes the overall MLB player of the month, in my opinion. I mean, there's no way you can argue that he, he, has, he had 44 hits in 26 games. He drove in 25 runs. He scored 20, 21, sorry. He had a weighted runs created of 35. He just, he was so dominant at the plate. He was absolutely mashing. It's it's insane. I really, he's such a fun player to watch, and he's really turned into something special for Atlanta. So, yeah, enough. But, yeah, uh, we love some young thick here. Um, shortstop, this was a tough one between Trey Turner and Lindor. I wound up going with Lindor, um, just given some slightly better uh, OPS numbers. Um, so Lindor had five home runs, 14 RBIs, 11 total extra base hits, whereas Turner, who had a one-point better batting average, 321 versus 320, also had five home runs and 17 RBIs and 14 total extra base hits. So again, ever so slightly better in a few of those things, but an extra base hits column especially he was actually way better but Lindor had a 933 OPS Trey Turner had an 892 OPS there's a difference of about 15 in WRC plus in favor of Lindor Lindor gets on base gone base a little more than Turner did and the slugging was pre and the bangers were pretty much identical so in my opinion Lindor just did slightly more overall than uh Turner did and they also had they had a, almost the exact same number of play appearances so you could definitely say that um, they had the same volume, so maybe the counting stats favor Turner better. This is one where it's really tight. I mean, you could have gone either way. I went with Lindor, but there's definitely a case for Turner. So if you disagree, I I accept that. Um, left field in the National League was kind of interesting. There was a guy who actually has had some injury problems this year, but uh, when he's been healthy, he's been really good for the Rockies. It's Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant was ninth in the National League in July with a 1.022 OPS. 171 WRC plus looks pretty solid as well as a 612 slugging percentage. Good for ninth in the National League and a 341 batting average. Good also for ninth in the National League. So on base percentage was 14th, so not quite staying in line with the nines. But um, yeah, top 10 overall player in the National League. And when he's been healthy, he had 95 play appearances in the month. So definitely enough to qualify him for this. And yeah, when he's been healthy for the Rockies, he's been the impact player they're expecting him to be. Eight doubles, five home runs, 10 RBIs, really solid. Most of those games have happened in left field, so that's kind of his spot for now. Um, Colorado is definitely more fun to watch when Chris Bryant's on the field. Center field, this is going to be kind of an interesting guy. Um, not necessarily a household name, but uh, Austin Slater had a really solid month for the Giants. He had 360 with a 442 on base percentage and a 909 OPS, 164 WRC+. Plus. All his numbers are around top 10 or top 15 in all the National League. There weren't a ton of great center fielder performers this um, this uh, month, but Slater really did solid. He was hitting for average, hitting for a little bit of pop, um, getting it done. Really, uh, really kind of all over. Good defender, too. He's been a longtime giant, too, so I'm excited to kind of give him this recognition here. Um, yeah, but Slater's uh, in a month as in a lot that's gone wrong for the Giants. Slater has really been a bright spot. Oh, no. Fangrass is cl crashing on me. Jeez. 
Uh, there we go. I got it back. Sweet. Okay. Dang it. Can't trust the internet these days. Um, yeah. Um, right field. This was also fairly easy. A name that's been on a lot of people's minds recently. Juan Soto had an amazing month, all with Washington. So all of his uh, Padres numbers do not affect this yet. Um, they will in August, though, when I make this video in early September. But six home runs, 13 uh, RBIs, nine total extra base hits. Really just an amazing month for him. He had uh, three 15 batting average, 495 on base percentage. I believe that led the National League. Yes, it did. 616 slugging, good for eighth best, and a 1.111. OPS good for third best in the National League and a 204 WRC plus. So great final month in DC from Juan Soto. If you're a Nationals fan, of course, it sucks to see him go, but at least he left on a good note, at least in terms of on the field. Maybe not his relationship with the ownership and the team, but what are you going to do? That's baseball. Uh, catcher, pretty obvious. JT Real Muto, after a slow start this year, has really turned it on. 358 batting average, 1.065 OPS. He is really starting to round to form again, and any concerns about him maybe declining seem to be alleviated, at least for the time being. Five home runs, 17 RBIs, and only seven, uh, 19 games, so really solid, as well as four doubles. So great performance by him. Carson Kelly gave him a little bit of a run for his money, but overall, Rumuto had better power numbers, uh, more RBIs, and just was able to do a little more at the plate. So but good job, Kelly, on an amazing month as well. But yeah, got to give it to Rumuto. There is a Diamondback that will get, and actually we got two Diamondbacks coming up. We've got uh, Cattell Marte for the DH spot. Uh, given some injuries, I believe Cattell Marte has been regulated to uh, the DH role for a good bit of um, July. So that's why when I looked was looking up the second base filter, he wasn't there, which I was a little confused about. But it turns out that is because he was DHing for most of the month. Not necessarily in a crazy good month, 262 batting average, but a 583 slugging and a 937 OPS really looks good. Um, so the average wasn't there, but the power definitely was. He had six home runs and 99 or plate appearances, along with seven doubles, a triple, and 14 RBIs. So really getting it done in the power department. So uh, Diamondbacks aren't having the greatest season, but Marte is definitely rounding into form. And the next time back is a starting pitcher, but no, is not Zach Gallen. It is actually uh, Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, who, by the way, I didn't realize this, but he's he's 33, and he started his career a lot later than probably anticipated. Might be interesting to do a little deeper dive and kind of look at uh, maybe a bio on him in the future. But yeah, he uh, he was given a lot of stiff competition from some players like. Uh, Marcus Stroman and Carlos Carrasco. I think overall, Kelly was the most effective pitcher in the National League during the month of July. He made six starts and pitched more innings than the other two, which is a big uh, plus for him. But a one point... Oh, shoot, this is the AL. What am I doing? Wow, this is such a professionally well-done show here. Uh, National League. Come on, Luke. There we go. Okay, 1.31 ERA, good for fourth best in all the National League. But he uh, his strikeout his uh, strikeouts are pretty high thirty three and six starts, and a one point six eight opponent batting average. So the thing is, is like with Carrasco and Strowman and Tyler Anderson, who are the three guys who be him in ERA, they all get hit at least a little harder than um than Kelly does. Kelly is not getting hit at all, whereas 
Like Carlos Carrasco is a 262 uh, uh, batting average against. So like Kelly's not allowing any base runners whatsoever. Uh, and Stroman only made four starts. He's not going deep into games. And just some of the underlying numbers just don't look as good. Kelly all around is just a really, really solid pitcher. 0.77 whip, best among all National League starters. Um, yeah, really like what I'm seeing from him. He's uh, been a very solid um, kind of fine for the Diamondbacks. And then last, but certainly not least, also let me, yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anyone like I did last month. Sorry, Travis Darno, because that was embarrassing. But yeah, it looks like I got everyone. So we can move on to the last but not least, one of the no-brainers. Maybe we're going to pick a pitcher of the month. I would honestly su- suggest this guy, even though he is a reliever for all of the all of baseball. Eh, you could make the case for Cease, but Edwin Diaz. Holy crap. This guy has shed the Ed Lose memes. He is completely better than his old self. Oh, man. So in 11.1 innings pitched this past month, he faced 38 batters. So think about 11 and a third innings pitched. That's 34 outs. So he had four extra batters above that. Four in 11 innings. A 65 point eight strikeout percentage so that's um i mean that's 25 strikeouts and 38 batters so he is striking out literally two-thirds of the batters that come up to play he has a 0.5054 average against he's given up two hits all month only one walk and uh 1.133 ops against his fip is negative it's negative one point oh four he's i don't even know what negative fit means like what's that portraying but geez edwin diaz has been absolutely dominant the past month i watching him pitch for the mets hitters have no chance they look completely lost against him i don't know okay i might be using hyperbole here but i i'd be hard pressed to find a reliever in my time the past 15 years of me watching baseball where i've seen him be as dominant and make hitters look as uncomfortable as Edwin Diaz is right now. Cause man, he's been absolutely amazing. Anyway, um, we're reaching about the three minute mark. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Those are my picks for the national league and American league players of the month. Um, you can take this list and throw in the trash if you want or, um, or not. Maybe, maybe you agree with me. I don't know, but I uh, hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thank you once again for listening to Straight Out Left. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms. Make sure you give it a five-star review or follow it or do whatever you got to do to make sure that it shows up in your feed so you never miss another episode. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at straightoutleft.pod. That's the handle for it. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you all again soon, probably on Tuesday.